There's an old saying that a leopard can't change its spots. And it essentially means that a person's character, formed by their habits, it doesn't change easily. Maybe not at all. We are what we are, for better or for worse. And it seems like a pretty cynical philosophy of life. And really, the proverb is all the more puzzling when we find out that it's actually a verse from the Bible. It's from Jeremiah. You think, what is a cynical uh, saying like this doing in the Bible, which speaks about God's power to uh, transform hearts by His grace and mercy? And I'd say this, that Jeremiah isn't saying anything more than this. We are incapable by our own efforts of changing what is really, truly wrong with us. We can't get rid of sin. We can't overcome it by our own efforts alone. We're not going to invent some pill that takes it away, that cures us of it. We're not going to come up with some technology that solves the problem of sin and evil. We're helpless in the face of this affliction. We can't get rid of a sin of, of sin any more than a leopard could its, change its spots. But what's impossible for us is not impossible for God. And what we see in the gospel is how uh, is the hope that by God's grace, any sin can be washed away, any hardened sinner can be transformed if we're willing to respond to His grace, repent, and try and make things right. You know, last week we talked about tax collectors, how they were seen as like the villains of first century society. These were men who had betrayed God and country, men who were greedy and dishonest. And today we meet a chief tax collector, right? If tax collectors are the villains, chief tax collector is the archvillain. This is a man who had distinguished himself in a corrupt profession with sleazy men. If ever there was a leopard who couldn't change his spots, it was this man. Yet even still, we're told Zacchaeus, he wanted to see Jesus. There was something deep in the depths of his soul that told him that even a sinner like him, a guy who made his wealth off lying and stealing, even a sinner like him had the hope of forgiveness, of redemption in Christ. This was a grace of God. This tug deep in his soul was a grace of God, and he responded to it by going to see Jesus. By not, when he faced some adversity, because he was short, right, and it was a big crowd, he went up a tree so he could see him. When he finally encounters our Lord, we see him repent of this evil way of life and make restitution. He's going to, Give half of his money to the poor. And if he's extorted anyone, he's paying them back fourfold. He's trying to make things right. It's a beautiful story about the hope, about the power of God's grace to wipe away any sin and transform any hearts. And down through the ages, there have been numerous Zacchaeuses, if you will, people mired in the darkness of sin, who by a, a, a grace of God, they're moved to repentance and they are transformed and they strive to make things right. This past March, a movie came out depicting a modern-day Zacchaeus. 
It's a movie called Unplanned, and it told the story of, a, of the pro-life conversion of Abby Johnson. Abby, after college, had begun working in Planned Parenthood, and she quickly became something of a rising star in the organization, eventually becoming head, uh, becoming the director of a clinic in Texas. And her family, multiple times, tried to get her to leave this line of work. Her parents, her husband, begged her, but she refused adamantly. She was a leopard who couldn't change her spots, so to speak. Then one day, she's asked to assist at an ultrasound-guided abortion. And what she sees on the screen horrifies her. This was a moment of grace, really. This was a moment when God was breaking through the rhetoric and the talking points. She had bought hook, line, and sinker so many years ago. This was God breaking through and saying she had a choice. She could ignore the disturbing truth of what she did for a living, or she could repent and try and make things right. And thanks be to God, she said yes, and she made a dramatic change. She repented. You know, eventually, she, her husband, and children entered the Catholic Church. And she strove to make things right. She began, uh, she's an author of a couple of books. She's a frequent speaker on uh, pro-life causes. And she started a ministry, and then there was none, which has been instrumental in helping hundreds of former doctors, nurses, other uh, clinic personnel leave the abortion industry. All of them, modern Zacchaeuses, who have found peace in the ocean of God's mercy and grace. You know, maybe we hear the story of Zacchaeus and Abby Johnson, and we think, that's where I am. Maybe some of us are living that life mired in sin and darkness, and if that's the case, this gospel, the witness of Abby Johnson's life, that's a call to come and experience the mercy of Christ to come and receive his mercy, especially in the sacrament of reconciliation. I mean, there we see that there is no sin stronger than his mercy. There's no number of sins beyond his power to forgive. We experience this ocean of mercy when we come to confession. Like Zacchaeus was, like Abby Johnson was, we can be set free from the darkness of sin. But even if we hear those stories and we think that's beautiful, but... Thanks be to God, that's not where I'm at. Well, we're still all sinners in need of God's mercy. It's why the church has always recommended frequent confession as a staple of the spiritual life. Because we all need to be washed clean in this mercy of God time and again. We all need to follow the path of Zacchaeus and Abby Johnson to one degree or another. And this is true not just of us as individuals, but also of societies as well. Our entire society, we as a collective group, we need to repent and try and make things right. And we have one particular way we can try and make things right today. So about a month ago, Archbishop Nauman uh, wrote in his column for the Leaven, the, the diocesan newspaper, he wrote about the Kansas Supreme Court decision, essentially copying the 1973 um, United States Supreme Court Roe versus Wade decision. They discovered a right to abortion in the Kansas Constitution. 
their assertion that the authors of Kansas's constitution intended to create a right to abortion would be laughable were its consequences not uh, were its consequences not so deadly. And the only way to only recourse we have now is to pass a constitutional amendment. To do so, both the Kansas Senate and House of Representatives, by a two-thirds majority, would have to authorize placing a constitutional amendment on a statewide ballot. So today, we will have an opportunity for those who wish uh, to sign a petition urging members of the legislature to support this constitutional amendment. And I preach all this knowing full well that there are some in our society, maybe many, who want us to be silent on this issue, who say it's none of our business. But to be silent in the face of such a grave evil would be the epitome of cowardice. Some say the church needs to stay out of politics, but our effort here is not political. We're not endorsing a political party or a politician. We're, we're speaking out on the most fundamental human right there is, the right to live. Just as churches led the efforts to abolish slavery, to end racial discrimination, to uh, bring about civil rights, so too people of faith have an important role to play in promoting and advocating for the protection of all human life. So we have these cards in the pews. Um, they're on uh, those in the middle, I think, are the ones, uh, those closest to the center aisle are the ones closest to the cards. If you wouldn't mind passing those down. I prayerfully ask you to fill out this card. This puts your name on the petition to go to the legislatures, and they ask for your address because they need to know you actually live in Kansas. You can then turn them in uh, to the collection basket during the offertory, or if you want, you could certainly take them home and pray with them and then bring it back. Of course, as is your right, you could also choose not to add your name to the petition. But regardless, we must not yield to forces of discouragement. This is a moment for all of us to intensify our pro-life efforts. We know that our Lord has already won the victory of life, and it's our privilege to participate in its unfolding. May we as a state follow the lead of Zacchaeus and Abby Johnson. May we repent of the wrong we have done and strive to make things right. May we become a state where all human life is protected from conception to natural death.